Jaguars and Caymans and Anacondas. I could drive from home to get into Pantanal, really? yeah. How far of a drive is that? Ah, it's 10 hours. <laughs> <laughs> My backyard is full of wildlife. If you want to know where the big animals are, you have to listen to the little animals. And right now, I actually hear an alarm call. Well, a lot, though, but I just fall on tracks. Welcome to another episode of Wild Tracks Podcast. I'm Casey Anderson, and always I'm with my hostess with the mostest, Vanessa Bosshoff. But we're not in the studio, are we? No, we are at the Jackson Wild Summit that happens every other year in my hometown. Some of the coolest people in wildlife conservation, biologists, filmmakers, people, the movers and the shakers that are all doing the cool things all over the world are here, and we're going to pull some of them in for some interviews. Our next guest is a man from Brazil. He is a rock star filmmaker. He's a great DOP. His name's Kristen Dimitri. Let's hear what he's got to say. So where are you based at? I'm based in Brazil. Ah. I'm from Brazil, based in Brazil, but travel all over to film stories. But most of my stories are done in Brazil. So, obrigado for coming on. <laughs> I don't know what they said. <laughs> and I, and I, my, favorite, my favorite Portuguese word is hedge, hammock, right? Hedgy, yeah. see, yeah, hammock, yeah. <laughs> My favorite word <laughs> because yeah. I love hammocks too. Yeah. Yeah. There's yeah. probably a few hammocks kicking around Brazil. Yeah, I, I um, so tell tell us what are you working on right now, or what is here at the festival that brought you here? Well, the festival, I always like to go to festivals like that first for connection to know people, like to see each other or all the people that I know from the industry. This is really good, like some, some people that we change in mail for years and then you never see them in person. And then the second reason is actually, it's learning. For me, learning is a non-stop activity. Like I want to learn until the rest of my life. Like, so it's a lot of like information that you gain in such a short period of time. Everything, like you can absorb that. And of course, this I'll take back to my films and to my like cinematography. So I got inspired and motivated, it's like an update, a brain update that we do it like in, in four days. Yeah. And that's great. And, and also for the films, to watch the film. And we have two finalists this year. It's one short and one long. And it's, uh, it's a film that we produced, co-produced, and also I shot as a, a filmmaker. One is uh, Kurupira, it's uh, about the indigenous people in Brazil and the entity they think they protect the forest. So it's a conservation film telling how they like fight for all the pressure that they have, especially logging in the, around the area and how they can protect the animals. And they use this entity, the Kurupira, to like give them hope and, and tell them the way how to do it. And the other is a, a bigger, is a YouTube original. It's totally different and was based on a letter made by Pope Francis that talks about conservation. And this letter was sent to a lot of conservationists around the world. And one of them was the cacique, the, the chief of this tribe in Brazil. And then we followed that story. So we went there, we spent time with them in this tribe. And then he went to the Vatican for the first time to meet the Pope and joined with other people work with conservation around the world. So the story is all about that and hope as well and trying to reach a larger audience out of the bubble. 
because like that we need to do that that we need to talk to everyone i think the pope is a very popular person <laughs> well especially in <laughs> latin america course, right yeah, especially, yeah. <laughs> i think europe yeah. and latin america so it's it's a way to send a message somehow to a broader audience how that's yeah. beautiful yeah so you know see born born and raised in brazil yeah when did you start getting into filmmaking and the filmmaking well i always into nature i think that you like you you always like i grew up in a place with nature and that was my passion since i was a kid i don't know i never did anything outside of nature but my first steps was into being a guide like taking people to nature and then i became a dive instructor and i was taking people to dive and there like that was I think 30 years ago, I started shooting for the first time underwater and shooting these clients, my students, and then they would take these like images back and share with more people. So, and then I like I had a click like, well, I'm taking a lot of people of nature to nature, so I can now take nature to people. I can reach more, more, and then share my passion. So then I start like working, filming, but not in the industry. And that really started like 20 years ago. I decided to dedicate just to this, to being a filmmaker, first cinematographer, and then now we produce and do our own series, and it's 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 been really great. Well, it's been fun to watch your trajectory. I mean, I've known you for a long time, and I've known of you even longer. And you know, you started off doing stuff in Brazil, and then you're like you've traveled around the world. Now I'm like now you're working on these big award-winning series, and it's just it's always great to see your name. And I know you've earned it, like if you really have. And and you have a your, the respect in the industry has just gone up and up and up and up. I mean, and people are talking about you all the time. You're the go-to guy in South America. It's uh it, it's uh it's just awesome to watch. And then now you know you have these shows here about your home, but they're telling a worldwide story. And you must have like a lot of pride in those kind of projects oh yeah that's that's always like it's i love my country my area and all the stories that i can tell and we're all the same species the whole over the world the problems are the same and then told in a in different stories and different experience but they all the same we have the same goals the same uh, problems and then this it's a story that can talk to other audience for sure so uh, it's for me. It's all about sharing my passion and everything that is related to it, nature and the people who lives with nature, and how can this impact someone, no matter where, to to do the same, like to protect a little bit of this and to enjoy more time outside, like the outdoors. This is this this is like this. It's beautiful. It's just beautiful to be here and then living. It's like living the dream, actually. <laughs> Do you, um, have you done a, a lot of work in the Pantanal? Oh yeah, it's like, <laughs> I think one of the places that I have done most of my work for like all the companies that I work, so Jaguars and Caymans and Anacondas. So I've been doing this for like 20 years at least going to the Pantanal every year. I could drive from home to get into Pantanal, really? yeah. How far of a drive is that? Ah, it's 10 hours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's easy. For, like it's a day. I leave at morning, leave by sunrise, arrive at sunset. Yeah, it's always awesome. good. Yeah. Do you know a guy named Guto Bertignali? 
Gusto Bertinale. He's a guy in the Pantanal. Um, he's a good friend of mine, so I just wondered. He's a photographer. Um, just thought I'd throw it out. Brazil's a big country. Yeah. There's a lot of people. But he's, he is a good friend, and I just talked to him day before yesterday. Oh, nice. Um, they're doing a project on the Arara Azul. Arara Azul, yeah. yeah. So it's probably in the Cayman, uh, Cayman Lodge, South Pantanal, and it's a great place, yeah. That's the blue macaw. Yeah. Oh. They're really endangered. Like what? Hyacinth macaw. They are blue. Oh, yeah. The hyacinth yeah. macaw. Yeah. And they're endangered. And they they have this project. It's amazing. I know the founder of this project. We did a story with them. And then, yeah, it's great, great animal. And yeah, Pantanal is a great place to, to see wildlife in Brazil. If you want to see, know all those wildlife, the Pantanal is the place. I've never, I've never been. You know, I, I think 30 years ago, probably. And I, I talk about these places a lot. I remember when the Pantanal, like, I just started hearing about it. Like it was, it wasn't popular yet. It was like, there's these cattle ranches and people are seeing jaguars more than normal. And it was like, you know, it was like one of these, yeah. it was like these rumors, right? Yeah. Of this place. And I remember this one, this one rancher, a friend that was friends with a rancher is like, we should go down there and check. And I'm like, ah, you know, whatever. And then, you know, cut to 10 years later, <laughs> you see all this incredible footage. And then, you know, now a lot of people go see that, see that. And I've never been, I've always wanted to go. Um, so one of these years, yeah, I wanted to go to the Pantanal. I mean, Brazil. When you think about it, Brazil, was when I was a kid, it may have been like if I got to pick the country to do a report about, it was always Brazil <laughs> um, because it just yeah, it's an intriguing place, a beautiful big country, diverse. Um, and when you think about the wild, you often think, I mean, that's one of the wildest countries on the planet. Now cut to. Uh, you know, an adult. I mean, it's also—it's still one of the most beautiful wild places on the planet, but it's also the front lines to like some of the most pressing issues when it comes to human nature relationship. Can you talk about some of those? I mean, I know that political climate changes, and sometimes it's worse than others. Where is it at now? Well, it's—we always talk like we need to talk about that more and more and more because that's reality. And I used to do all this like not talk about just showing the beauty and now we're trying more and more to to deal with this this pressure that and the relationship because there's no regulations actually even for jaguars all the conflict with jaguars and farmers is still in brazil is present and there's no regulation for that like we we probably have the same thing in some areas here like with pumas and and, and wolves and everything like this pressure with ranchers and and some states probably have already some rules management and, and in brazil there's none for a place that is all wildlife it's the largest biodiversity in the world and there's not nothing like that like management like control how can you deal with that the animal how can you deal with this pressure so it's something that we're getting more into this now because the time is now we have to do it otherwise you have only islands of beauty and wildlife and all the rest, they'll be gone. So we're trying to, to focus a little bit more on these stories. And oh, even in the blue chip natural history, we're trying to show more of the real world instead of that it's scenic beauty that is only here. You point the camera here, but you can turn <laughs> it back right. because it doesn't look nice. So I think we need to start showing I, I think that's a great point we've, we've been talking about this a lot and it's it's been one of the things uh in my production company that we try not to crop out reality yeah you know because i think it does paint a picture that everything's okay right yeah alienate like 
yeah, yeah. So it's not for you. Yeah. So when people, they can't relate to it either at some level, you know? So, but when you just widen out the frame and like, oh, there's people over there, there's a house next to Lista's awesome place. There's people living next to it? I think it makes people think about it a little bit more and maybe even care about it a little bit yeah. more. And I think that's a refreshing thing. I mean, you can shoot a beautiful blue chip film and still keep those elements inside that frame. And uh, I think that that's, that's, it's great to hear that, that people are doing that, especially in a place that needs, there's a lot of issues going on that need the attention. I think that's the next, next step of like, of the movies, like of blue chips, like show the real world and tell a beautiful story yeah. and a necessary story that you need to hear. And don't take the beauty out. Don't be like pessimist or that, but show the beauty, but without cropping out reality. Like just, okay, we're gonna show that. This is a park, okay, great. But these animals here, they go off the park. So what happens when they go out? And how can we film that in a very pretty way, but it still show reality? So this is kind of, I think maybe we'll see more of this in the next few years because of course we are losing more and more area as the time passes, but there's still a lot, plenty of stories to tell. Yeah. Uh, anything you're working on in the future that you can talk about that you're excited about? Well, yeah, I've been working like many uh, films for the, the, all the big production companies for Netflix and, and BBC and especially in the Amazon. So after here, I go back on Friday. Saturday, I'm flying to the Amazon, like get home, change. <laughs> like as My life has been like that for, for a long time. So I got at home, spent like a few hours, change clothes and get my equipment, fly to the Amazon to film the, the tur turtle, Amazon turtle nesting. And it's a huge event, like a massive event of 40,000, 80,000 turtles going to the beach and nest. And it's a story that we've shot before, but every year they want to put it again in a new show, in a new show. And it's always challenging to tell the same story in a different way. Like, how can we film like a blue ship in a different way? So finally, like we're talking, we could get the human element in the story and show how the climate change is affecting these turtles and it's affecting them right there. It's very hot. The rains have changed and that changed the pattern of the turtles. So how can we show and tell that story? So this is the uh, next project we're doing and and it's, it's great. It's a great, great story and I think we're going to see that in probably in two years. Do they call that arribada in Portuguese too? No, but it's the same thing. Yeah. It is it's the same arribada, but it's it's similar in fresh water, and it's not no a lot like it because it happens in the middle of the Amazon. There's no tourism to see. There's not. It's something just researchers and this local community that decide to protect these turtles because they they're poached. They hunt they hunt for the eggs. For, for eggs and for food. They they eat turtles. So now they have a local guides like local people with no science background, trying to protect them, like, and then learning from everyday basis, working side by side with scientists, and is there discovering a lot, discovering a lot, and then that can teach us a lot as well. Awesome, well, thanks for hanging out with us, and good luck in the Amazon, I wish I was going with you. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you, too. yeah, What'd you guys you are invited to come anytime. My backyard is full of wildlife. If you want to know where the big animals are, you have to listen to the little animals. Right now, I actually hear an alarm call.
Well, not a lot, though, by just following tracks. <laughs>